This episode of the Chicken Podcast is brought to you by The Beanery. With locations in Ashland, Gretna, Papillion, and 168th and Giles, they've got everything you need to meet your drink and even your snack needs. And you know what? You go to the website, they got Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. They've got all the deals. I don't know if these deals last through Monday, but you better check it out because there are some uh, codes that you can enter there at thebeanerycoffee.com. You can also find the menu there. They're open bright and early, 5.30 a.m. in Gretna, 6 a.m. in Papillion, 6 a.m. in Ashland, 6 a.m. Central Time at 168th and Giles. Their menu is there. They sponsor the pod. They look out for the pod. So please support those who support us. It's thebeanerycoffee.com. The Beanery, serving people coffee. Do you want to give your official official prediction on who is going to be the next head coach? You want to do that thing? My official prediction is Matt Rule's going to be the coach. Whoa! Well, I think you're you're spot on on everything that you said in your analysis. Quite a show we have for you. You will not hear from Matt Rule. You will not oh. hear from Trev Alberts. You oh. will just hear us. You will just hear us. Who do, who do the people really want to hear? Do they want to hear from Trell Alberts and Matt Rule? Or do they want to hear from Matt Schick and Nick Baugh? Let's just be, let's, let me put it on you know the poll what? question. I'll put it on the poll. Who, who do, do you want really to really hear from? Okay. <laughs> By the way, apologize for the voice. You boys under the weather. I'm gonna I'm gonna have my Michael Jordan flu podcast. I think that's what it was. Oh, I ate the I ate the pizza. Nothing. I ate I ate the. You are going to eat the pizza all by yourself. Nobody else. Nobody eats. else eat it. Eat, eat the, the pizza. I eat the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. So I'm gonna try to do right. it. I'm gonna try to do it. What's what's Did up? Did you have what bad I... pizza? Or was your family a, no. a petri dish? Your home a petri dish? Uh, I mean, I'm just right in the. I'm in the heart of the petri dish at this point. So yeah, it was just. It was a matter of time before the 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 petri dish set its sights on your boy, and your boy's gotten his fanny wax like nobody's biz. It's not good. It's not good here. It's not good at all. Totally get it. Uh, been there before, and uh, just blame the kids. Totally yes. the kids' fault. It's totally their fault. And that's. It's always funny when you are taking care of sick children, especially when they're like in diapers, and you try to do your best to like not. You know, okay, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really be careful. And it's like next thing you know, they've spit on you, they've peed on you, you're changing their diaper, they sneeze on you. You're like, this is just, it's hopeless. What are you gonna do? If you're taking care of them, you're getting, you're, you're gonna get crushed by like by all the stuff, you know. There's this thought, though, as a parent and as a grown adult, like it's like playing basketball with a little kid. Like, you got nothing on me. I'm going to dunk on you. Oh, that virus? That's a miniature virus. That's, right. You know, the viruses with adults are miniature, but yours are mini, mini, miniature. Right. And my body will destroy those. My antibodies, my white blood cells, you got nothing on me, kiddo. And then 48 hours later. <laughs> You're right. There is there is an arrogance to, like, a two-year-old's oh. cold. You're like, uh. Hey, hang in there, Sonny. One day you'll be okay. You know, and yeah, but then they'll get you. I'm living proof of that, dog. It's like your immunity as a little kid ain't nothing like mine, okay? Come I mean, on. this disease or sickness or virus that you have, 
I had that 30 years ago. My, my immunity is way built. Way built. I mean, give me a break, okay? Give me a break. So let's just, what do you want to talk about, huh? Well, I mean, the fact that I was right, okay? That's really what I want yep, to sit. I was wrong. I, I want to sit right here. Yep. Sit right here. I've just, you know what? I've been wrong all year with Whipple calling plays. Mathis got sacks. <laughs> Might as well have been dead wrong with my Lance Leipold prediction. Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. <laughs> I was told, I was told was two great. weeks ago it was Leipold to, to, to Nebraska. Need to get a better source. It might have been. Yeah, than the it guy. It might have the... been. I mean, they, he got a contract extension, you know, shortly after a prod and, drop. So and there you go. it sounds like I can't wait the, and, you know, we're not going to get all the details of just the timeline of how all this stuff went because you read different stories and reports, and it sounds like Rule turned down Nebraska and then Trev came back with a bigger and stronger offer. And so you wonder what happened in the meantime between those two, the first Dikemi Mutombo from Matt Rule. I think that's what he sent in his text message. It was just a gif of Mutombo. Trev was like, damn it. <laughs> we lost Rule. He sent me a Mutombo. <laughs> Do you it, imagine he shows he shows the Mutombo gif at the staff meeting? Have you heard from Rule? Yeah. Just this GIF. Is that Matumbo? Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Ted Carter, Ronnie Green, what do you... I mean, Ronnie, what do you... You think he's coming if he sends us a Matumbo? I don't think so. You know what we need? We need an offer that gives us the Neo with the wave. That's it. Come to me. That's it. That's all. That's what we need. So, I don't know. I, I Matrix. Who, who, who knows? Who knows what all has gone down over the past four, five, six weeks, but... Bing, bang, boom. Here it is. Rule. He's here. And we were texting uh, about it even after we recorded our pod, and it sounded like Rule was coming back into the fray. And I wondered, and texted you, that I wondered if this was a Mel Tucker, Michigan State situation where Mel initially turned down Michigan State, was going to stay Colorado. The Michigan State came back to him and gave him an offer he could not refuse. And, you know, 18 months later, he's got a $95 million contract. Well, yeah. So with the longevity, with the eight years, 72 million, it's nine million, about $9 million a year. That's more than I thought that they'd be willing to pay. And now, you know, Ryan Day's like, hey, uh, where's my pay raise? Well, you lost to Michigan. Okay. Sorry, pal. I love it. I love how, I mean, Ryan Day is like on the hot seat because he loses to Michigan. It's, it's, that's how it is now. It is literally like, yep. that's yep. how it was with Nebraska and Oklahoma for forever, where, Yep, and, you know whoever that ga- that was the only game that mattered. If you lost that game, it was the worst season in the world. You're, and as a coach, you suck. And if you won it, you were great. Harbaugh went from like get him out of town to now he's god. And now Ryan Day is like, ah, come on, get him out of here. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I nine mil though, nine mil for Matt Rule. That's a lot of that's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of. Cheese runzas, Doug. How much? How many cheese runzas can you get with nine mil, Doug? Do you think? Do you think that was the selling point when Trev? Because, hey, you can get a lot of cheese runzas, can't you? Wow, you're pretty good at asking questions, aren't you? I think that's what it is. You got to put it in perspective, you know, like just to give you a sense of how much this is. (laughs) Nine million a year can buy you a hundred million runzas. Okay, do you understand that? Wow. I wasn't sold until he... And you know what? That's not even on Temperature Tuesdays. Wait till Temperature Imagine Tuesdays. That. Yes. For the month of February. You know how cold it gets here? <laughs> You're going to get everything. Month of February. <laughs> you can buy 
a hundred billion of these and store them in your freezer. We'll get your freezer too. That's you can it. Store these babies. That's it. Temperature Tuesdays didn't equate. Didn't didn't factor that in. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, how so do you good. feel? How well, do you feel about it? I mean, where where do you? I mean, where do you land on Matt Rule coming to to Nebraska? Where, what's your? Give me your synopsis. Quick synopsis. Whatever you have. Well, you want to do it. I think. My feeling on Rule is is documented in past pods where when his name became available, when he was fired from Charlotte, he moved to the top of my list. So I think it's awesome. I think it's really good for Nebraska. People can say, well, he's only doing it for the money. It's like, yeah, every decision you make is for money is like an 80% driver at least. Financial decisions are what drives I mean, your life and your family, yeah. it, by and large. Right. You know, so... Right. Yeah, I mean, did he want them? Did they want him? Well, sometimes you have to convince someone to want you, and the way you do that is with money. Like when you're wooing your girlfriend. I'm not sure about this guy, but he did just buy me a diamond ring. Okay, all right, I can get on board with this guy. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you got to sway the pendulum. So he checks a lot of boxes, and um, I don't, I don't want to get to the point where it's. If he can, not now, if he can't do it, nobody can. But I think we're getting to that point here. I think we're getting to that point here with Matt Rule. It is. It is interesting. Where I think I heard Dirk use this analogy, and it's a perfect one. Where Husker fans are almost like that person that's been married and divorced five times, and everything that happens, you're like, oh, that reminds me of my third marriage or my second. You you remind me of my second wife. Like we're so scarred with things that have happened over the past twenty years. That anything that pops up that should only be viewed as a positive or is is just is what it is can be can strike a scar where you go, oh, I remember that, you know? And so that you sit here and people talk about, oh man, home run higher. It's like, well, I mean, everybody said that about Frost. He was the coach of the year. Like, how many people realistically were saying it Frost wasn't gonna work? You know, so you get jaded into this whole idea of like, well, everyone says it's great. It's like, well, I mean, I've heard that before. Or even I, I was reading, a, I was reading some stuff on Matt Rule and his his whole recruiting. One of the things he does recruiting wise that he did at Baylor was he really went out and he looked for speed. They were they would even go and and scour track events and if and even if they didn't have a lot of football background, if they were fast, he could build them into a football player. It's like, well, where have I heard that speed? is the number one thing you know like but but i can't help but be like that because i am now on my matt rule is like my fifth husband and everything that comes up i'm like okay i've heard that before i've seen that before and i know what that means you know and so it's 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 interesting to kind of go down that path i thought chattel's column was actually kind of like you know it didn't make a a strong stance on it but it was like what do i think of the hire Talk to me in five years. And listen, you can say that about anything. It's like, wow, really? That's a really strong opinion. But like at the end of the day, I don't know how to – it seems like it's good on the surface right now. I'll say for me personally, Rule wouldn't have been my first choice, but that also doesn't mean that I don't think he's a good hire. You know what I mean? Like those two things can be – I can say both those things. Like I would have rather had Chris Kleiman. I would have rather had Dave Aranda. I think I would have rather had Luke Fickle. But – that also doesn't mean that Matt Rule's a bad hire. And there are a lot of things about Matt Rule that, that you know, he's branded as a, a guy that rebuilds, right? Like, he's a builder. And Nebraska needs that. And so, 
he also could be the the perfect guy at the perfect time for what Nebraska needs. So I don't know. I don't know how to like neatly package it into like a digestible 30 second. Like this is what I think. I don't know. The beauty of it is he doesn't have to win. I mean, he's won at least 10 games in year three in his past two in his two head coaching jobs in college, but he doesn't have to do that here. Like he surpassed expectations at those past two stops. I mean, it's just progress. All the, all Husker fans want to see is progress year over year. You know what they saw in year three of Mike Riley? Four and eight. Year three of Scott Frost? Three and five with COVID. And then three and nine. Right. I mean, as long as you can see progress and a guy who, like you said, develops talent and, and those types of things. And he likes challenges. Like Temple. All right. Good luck. Baylor, after that scandal. Good luck. Now, the thing with Baylor is you're in a great recruiting footprint. I mean, this is going to be a grind. So I think the hopefully Mickey Joseph can be wooed. I don't think Mickey's going to get a head coaching job elsewhere, so I'd be shocked if he's not sticking around. But you win six games, they'll build a statue of you here. I mean, things have changed a lot where they have everything but geography. Everything but geography. So how do you fill in that gap? Work hard. Mm-hmm. Be a really good coach. It's not like Michigan was out recruiting Ohio State. Right. But, man, did they coach them up. And, man, did they just dominate them in the trenches. And that's where this program's going to have to survive and thrive. Well, I mean, look at, I, I would venture to guess that, so the Big 12 Championship is at TCUK State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, two, those two schools aren't out recruiting everybody in the Big 12. Nope. You know, like, nope. that, that's, that's how it, you don't necessarily, now, I, we always have this conversation, like, yes, you, you do need to recruit at a high level, but it's, it's not the... That it's it's just because you don't recruit at a top ten level doesn't mean that you are it's you're incapable of having success. So I don't care about the NFL struggles at all. Like that doesn't bother me at all. Like I that doesn't the NFL is a different world. We've obviously seen coaches flame out in the NFL that are really good coaches. In some ways, if you if you don't get the quarterback well, right, it just doesn't matter. And so the yeah, NFL thing doesn't bother yeah. me. Didn't have a good quarterback there, and if you don't have the quarterback, you don't have a chance. None. So that's what, in the sport in general, not just in the NFL. So, yeah, and I saw Scott Shanley's tweet uh, about, hey, I talked to an NFL guy, and the NFL guy rolled his eyes. Well, yeah, any NFL assistant might roll his eyes because his exposure to Matt Rule is Matt Rule failing at the NFL and trying things in the NFL that worked in college but don't work with paid professionals. The Carolina way, micromanaging social media and just being a part of the brand and all this stuff and just just didn't work. You know, he's a college coach and he's a developer of young men and I think I think that's I, the sweet spot here. So I don't, you know, if an NFL coach, eh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. What about college coaches? What about guys who played for him in college? I think you'll see those stories come out soon. Well, two things with with a couple things actually. With the first thing with the NFL, I do think that the NFL is the ultimate truth serum of of how good you are in just the fact that you make it. Not that if you make it and stay yeah. in the league. Like it's one of the things we always talk about with uh the fun thing about the NFL draft is these GMs and these schools, they don't care if you played at Mississippi State or Appalachian State. Like if they think you can play, they are going to pick you and play you. And just the fact that the NFL viewed Matt Rule in such high regard that, yes, you, Matt Rule, need to come coach in the NFL, that can only be viewed as a comforting thing to me. Yeah. 
Right? I mean, would you? I, yeah, I mean, you just you need at least one. Like, you need a guy with a lot of money who owns an NFL team to believe in you. And Dave Tepper did that with the Carolina Panthers here right down the street. Just takes one person. And and the Carolina Panthers were smart at this, knowing we're going to pay you a lot of money for a lot of years. If it works out, great. If not, guess what? Some college is going to offset what we owe you yep. so we're in the clear. So it was, a, it was a smart move. It just didn't work. I also think the two things that, that I like about this hire, too, are, number one, you, you, you finally got a guy that's got real experience in – you know, Scott Frost, only a head coach for a couple of years and was at a group of five school. You, you looked at Mike Riley. Yes, long time head coach, but he had spent his entire career basically in one part of the country and in one area. Uh, you looked at Bo Pelini, never been a head coach. You looked at Bill Callahan, had never been in college. Like, you are bringing in a dude now in Matt Rule that has – He's he's made the mistakes like he's learned the lessons. He's figured out what it he's had to be a head coach at Temple. He's had to be a head coach at Baylor. He's been at Carolina, different parts of the country. I like that a lot. And then the other thing I like, and I think Rule even said this on game day. And you can roll your eyes at this if you want. But I ask you, Shik, when was the last time Nebraska truly had Total alignment between its head coach, its athletic director, and its university brass, you know, president, all that. It all goes back to me to alignment. And when the head football coach and the athletic director and the president and the chancellor, when everybody uh, wakes up every day, you know, with the same mission, um, then you have a chance to do great things. I mean, I coursed. Well, there, there wasn't a ton of alignment with, with Callahan. That was very Steve Peterson, Callahan. There was a, you, you had Harvey Perlman. Then Bo Pelini comes in. There, there was not necessarily alignment there. There was a little bit with Coach Osborne, but then up top, it was a little different. Sean Eichhorst, like there were, there's just been always somebody pulling in it, not quite rowing in the exact same direction. And Is that it, a way for you to say you really wanted PJ and you're upset? I wanted to row the boat. I wanted to, I wanted PJ to literally come out and say, I like where we're at because we're all rowing in the same direction. <laughs> but I do feel like that's a real thing. Like I I now feel like you have a you have an athletic director, a head coach, and then Ted Carter, Ronnie Green, everybody totally in alignment. And they're all grinders. Yeah. They're all guys that are gonna work hard. You're not going to have an AD who's not going to show up. You're not yeah. going to have a coach who's going to miss meetings. Yep. You're not going to have a, you know, you, you get it. You get it here. And they all, and I even said last week, like that rule Alberts duo seems pretty good. Yeah. It, and someone texted me, I can't remember who it was, but said it strikes, oh, I know who it was. It was uh, Myron Metcalf, my buddy, uh, who I host uh, Sunday morning shows in, in the offseason. Of the NFL, he said. He said it struck him as a Fred Hoiberg hire, where he was really good in college, went to the NBA, didn't work, comes back to college. Now, you hope this works out a little bit better. But he was the hot name too, so it, it, there's a lot of comparisons there with the Hoiberg hire of hot name, failed in the pros, came back. And it makes the most sense. He's the big time name. I would say the difference is 
Matt Rule did it in multiple spots, and the NFL is a completely different beast than college. But to that point, you know, Nebraska basketball and Nebraska football, it's been challenging to win, you know, in both spots. It's been challenging to get kids on campus to do that. So the polling in the same direction to me strikes not only about leadership, but NIL on the side. And no, okay, we all, do we have the apparatuses to get this aligned? And it seems like they do. Yeah, and... And that's why even like the Fred Hoiberg thing, and I know that's basketball and this is football. Like, I think that's a part of what I talk about with my jaded five failed marriages of like, everybody thought Fred Hoiberg was a home run. Everybody. I remember seeing They thought Scott Frost was a home run. And they thought Scott Frost was a home run. So, you know, because, you know, you you get on your text threads with your buddies and everybody's like, man, everybody in the national media seems to think this is a home run. And I'm like, yeah, but what does that even mean? You know, like, okay, that's great. Like, it's certainly you'd rather have it be like that than the other way. But at the same time, everybody thought Scott Frost to Nebraska was a home run. Everybody thought Fred Hoiberg to Nebraska was a home run. And so that's why I just, I'm trying to learn from my failed marriages here of, like, not heaping too much hyperbole and guarantees and declarations of certainties on this thing right now. I, and and just take it for what it is. There's a lot to like about it on paper. A lot. There's a lot of things that seem like it's going to fit. Well, I'm also very curious. As one thing we've learned over the course of the past 20 years, I cannot wait to see who his staff is. There, there's also that. Like you, you could be the greatest coach in the world, but if you don't got a rock star defensive coordinator, a rock star recruiter, a rock star offensive coordinator, and all those people are totally on the same page, it's probably not going to work out great for you either. And so I'll be I think that's kind of the next thing I'm looking for is like, okay, what does the staff look like? And then that'll allow me to maybe even inch closer to maybe chugging Kool-Aid and 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 declaring things or whatever. But at this point, I'm I'm gonna wait until I see some of that stuff too. And his coaching background was primarily on defense, right? So, you know, he turned Baylor into the best defense in the Big 12 in 2019. And so, you know, that's going to be that, – that almost seems like, okay, defensive-minded guy. Yep. See Love if those it. boxes are checked. Who's that OC going to be? Who's, who's he going to come in? What kind of system are they going to run? All those types of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, the – the fourth team since major classification began in 1937 to win 11 games within two seasons of losing 11 games. When he did that at Baylor. You know, the others were Fresno State, UCF, and San Jose State. So, you know, like you said, checks boxes, track record of success. Wait and see is not the best radio. I know. For, you know, but what else are you going to do? Can I also? What else can you really say? Can I also say this too? Is I just like again? I'm just gonna be an open book and just you know I'm gonna stick with this failed marriage thing. I, there's also a part of me, and and I want you to help help me. Maybe you can help provide some clarity. I certainly understand that the Baylor situation was a total mess. I mean, I think he had he had there was very few scholarship guys on like it was a disaster. It's like a Bill O'Brien coming into Penn State yes. type of thing. But I but I also worry. That, like, again, and, and this is the problem. Central Florida, who was the Central Florida coach before Frost that was pretty good? Uh, that was uh, O'Leary. O'Leary. With 
with um, I think it was George Blake, O'Leary. Uh, George O'Leary, I think with Blake Bortles. Just like right. two years before Frost got there, they won a lot of football games. But the branding was zero and zero and twelve to thirteen and zero. It's like, yes, but if we just peel back that a little bit, maybe it wasn't as big of a disaster that Frost inherited as the Ofer would indicate. I then take that jaded scar and I apply it to Baylor, and I'm like, yes, total disaster that he inherited. But Art Bryles, go look at how much Art Bryles was winning prior to... 10-11 games. He was winning 10-11 games a year. And then all hell breaks loose. Then he shows up, and yes, they they win one game, and two years later, they win 12 games. But to the point, kids that, you know, Matt Rule would be looking to recruit to that knew Baylor could be good. Right. So I guess I'm just, I'm throwing all that stuff out there of like, you know, you, you you hire and fire enough coaches. You've seen a lot of resumes and a lot of backgrounds and a lot of like, well, I've seen that before. You know, like, hey, hey, he went from one and eleven to twelve and one. I'm like, yeah, Scott Frost went to zero and thirteen to thirteen and up. Like you've you. So I, I'm just trying to wrap my. And then you then you dig into it a little deeper. Rule never beat a ranked opponent when he was at Baylor, and you go, ooh, okay. Um, you know, I'm just like some of this stuff. I'm trying to not be too jaded about and and apply some past things that don't necessarily have anything to do with Matt Rule and and just try to and just try to have as much of a clear mind about it as possible. Again, I am excited about this hire. I think it is a good hire. I just there are I'm just throwing all these things out there. There are certain aspects of his track record that to me I'm like I think you may. I'd be curious what I know nothing about Temple though. Like the Temple, I know nothing about Temple football and what kind of situation he walked into. I think whatever I saw did they have two of? I think they have three ten win seasons in its program history, and he has two of them. So that's pretty good. Yeah, nineteen seventy nine was the uh, was the first one. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm just so. I'm 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 throwing a lot of spaghetti words out there. I'm just I'm just kind of the. In my mind here, this is what's been I'm sifting through as I've tried to digest and assess this stuff uh, as well. He made Temple relevant. I remember them playing a big national television game against Notre Dame. I think they lost that game. Yeah, I mean, it it was, you know, trying to clean up the Adazio slash Al Golden mess. And it wasn't like they were bad coaches, eight, nine wins. Um, and then he comes on board, two and ten, six and six, ten and four. One of the reasons you can kind of say, well, I don't know, because that was pre-portal. That could be a good thing. Like, look, he developed this town. Or it can be, well, the game has changed now. So now what are you going to do? Right. You know, you're not selling kids as much on development as you are, hey, why don't you come over here and uh, we'll take care of you. Like, So I don't know what that means for a guy like Matt Rule. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wonder what the player – you're right. I've thought about that as well. What is the, what's the, where is the player development program's role in the new landscape? You know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. But maybe that's the sweet spot of a program like Nebraska of, look, we're not going to compete NIL-wise for these these other guys. We're going to get guys that slip through the cracks, and we're going to make them into great players like Wisconsin does, like Minnesota does, like Iowa does, and then maybe have a breakthrough season. I still think recalibrating expectations at Nebraska is very necessary, and 
I, I think Michigan and what they did to Ohio State gives you hope that you can win this conference if you can win in the trenches, and that's one of his specialties. So who knows, but that's a, that's a long way down the road. Don't you think the portal strikes me as very rarely, not saying they're not in there, there are far more Trey Palmers and Casey Thompsons in the portal than there are first-round draft pick offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the portal. Like, so what I think Nebraska needs yep. to be is you need to be a developmental program in your lines and use the portal to go get your Trey Palmers and your and your those kinds of guys. So may, maybe that's kind of how all this stuff looks, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I, again, to, just to, to reiterate, like Nebraska needs a builder. Rules seems like he's a builder. Rules seems like he's a relationship guy. Like he is going to, when you listen, I'll say this, and not that this necessarily always matters, but like, man, when that guy talks, he's got a little sum to him. Oh, like when if you got him and Trev in a room together and you said, guys, you need to win over these 100 people in this room and raise money, 10 minutes later, you'd Lay have up. all the funds that you need. Right? Absolutely. And, and, and there is a, that's a part of it. Like a part of coaching is the ability to galvanize, lead, get people to buy what you're selling. And Matt Rule strikes me as being elite at that. And so I'm, that, that is something that, that makes me excited too. All right, quick time out from uh, this uh, fantastic podcast. I think it's a fantastic podcast to tell you about another fantastic place, and that's the Beanery. And they got multiple places. Uh, they got locations. Papillion, Gretna, Ashley. We know about that, but you got to go check out the new location, 168th and Giles. And something we don't do enough is tell people to go to the website, thebeanerycoffee.com. That's where you can check out their coffee trucks. They got electronic gift cards. They got different things you can look at. But the biggest thing is I want to thank my Uncle Joe for putting the menu up there so I can look at all the drinks. I want to thank my Uncle Joe for teaching me all the sports. Yes. Oh, that's a great. That's great. That's the way to do it. And I like this tweet from Mike Rooney, uh, who is a former Division One assistant baseball coach and one of my good friends at ESPN. We do squeeze play together. He's got 17,000 followers. And he quote tweeted the show about Matt Rule quote tweeted my tweet about Matt Rule and said this, if Coach Rule is not asked how he likes his coffee at the opening presser, that is journalistic negligence. Hashtag it's got to be hot. Hashtag and I admire you greatly at the Chicken Nick Show. <laughs> Bo, what should Matt Rule say when he's asked about how he likes his lattes? I don't mind it being a latte, but it's got to be hot. That is the way to do it. Check it out, thebeanerycoffee.com. Check out the menu, their locations, Ashland, Gretna, Papillion, and 168th, and Giles. It's the Beanery, serving people coffee. Do, by the way, before we started recording, the Jim Leonard, the Luke Fickle to Wisconsin stuff started to break. Yeah, it's done. It's over. It's it's, it's Luke Fickle is going to Wisconsin. Unbelievable. Yeah. What happens to Jim Leonard? That's a great question. I I was texting with some folks and they're saying, "Do you think he stays?" And I said, "Why would you want to stay with a place that didn't want you as the head coach and you've said you're a lifer there?" And if you keep him on, does it kind of undermine Luke Fickle and his efforts to make it his program? I mean, money can talk, and maybe there's some convincing there, and his defense will be fine. But Luke Fickle's a defensive guy, so I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, I, I, my gut would say no, but money can talk. So that that's amazing, though. That I thought it was a foregone conclusion. It's going to be him. 
They make it to a bowl game. But you know how athletic directors are. Want to make it my guy. Right. I want to make the splash. And boy, did Chris McIntosh Whew. do that. They don't want the easy one. Oh, I'll just take this guy. Like this is this guy who's in-house. No, no, no. I want to make this my guy. And I'm going to hire Luke Fickle. And man, what a hire that is. Think That's about, amazing Think about hire. the coaching upgrades in the Big Ten now. From Paul Chris to Luke Fickle and Scott Frost to Matt, to Rule. Matt Rule. Well, just the coaching in general. Like, in a couple of years, you're going to have Lincoln Riley, Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, James Franklin, Matt Rule, Luke Fickle, and you get like Brett Bielema, Kirk Ferentz, PJ Fleck. Hell, even a guy like Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano can coach, and he's at like the bottom of the barrel of. There's a lot of defensive-minded coaches here. This right. is a defensive le- a league now, is, it feels like. Is there any chance that, I mean, my mind immediately went to, could could Matt Rule go and snag Jim Leonard as not just a D.C., but a RDC, meaning revenge defensive coordinator? <laughs> yes. Wouldn't that be something? Especially if Trev kind of put feelers out to Jim Leonard. I mean, he's probably talking to everybody. Hey, uh, you want to just uh, come over here and win the West against the team that didn't want you? I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine a a, a pissed off, revenge filled Jim Leonard as the defensive coordinator? Oh, and maybe he'd bring Braylon Fick- Allen. Oh, <laughs> give me Braylon Allen. I want revenge, Jim Leonard, and I want and, Braylon. And Jim Allen. goes, hey, I'll bring Grant Mertz too. Like, no, we're fine. No. No, we're good. No, no, you've done enough. You've done quite enough. We don't. We don't need that. We don't need that. He's fine, but you know it's fine. No, we have no, enough interceptions hey, on the hey, roster. You've done enough. Just bring Braylon Allen and and just have revenge John, on your. John heart. Bishop tweeted out the schedule by coaches who they're going to face next year. Fleck, Deion Sanders. Is that is that really going to happen against Colorado? I don't know. Uh, more on that in a minute. Uh, Thomas Hammock, Sonny Cumbie, Jim Harbaugh, Brett Bielema. Pat Fitzgerald, Jeff Braw, Mel Tucker, Michael Oxley, Luke Fickle, Kirk Ferentz. Pretty good coaches you're going up against, which it's understandable why you'd get a guy like Matt Rule. Like, we need a proven commodity in here. Like, this is big boy football here. We're not hiring coordinators here. This is where. Guy who's, yeah, like to not, you know, kick a guy as he didn't get it. But this is where, like, the Mickey hire would have been like. Boy, Wisconsin just hired Luke Fickle, and Nebraska makes Mickey the guy. Like, I don't know how that would have landed, really. So you hope you can have your cake and have your Mickey and eat it, too. That sounds right. awful, but, um, you know, keep him on board. Uh, but the Deion Sanders thing, this is – I have um, – I've shared a stage with Deion multiple times, okay? And I mean, like – I didn't allow him to be on stage. Like, I was just happened to be up there, okay? Like, right. I was emceeing. I welcome up Dion, and immediately you're fifth fiddle, even if you're two people up there, right? And so we have a working relationship on an annual basis, or at least we did until he became a head coach at Jackson State at the Under Armour All-America Week. I have never been with someone who commands an audience, a stage, and specifically parents the way Dion Sanders does on a stage, speaking specifically to the mothers of these prospects, it was like going to church right. with a pastor. Right. And the way that he spoke said to me, I'm up there, I'm like, 
And after he went on for like a minute and a half, it was my turn talking. I said I was going to say the exact same thing that he did. He did. You know, you get your laugh. It's like, but I, you can't, you can't imitate art. That's hilarious. And he is a master at, and it's all genuine. Yeah, I actually have audio of it. I um, so it's me. I'm on the stage. It's me, uh, Steve Mariucci, Ryan Clark, Dion Sanders, Tori Smith, and Ed Reed. Okay. Wow. So they're all to my right. You know, which one of these guys doesn't belong? Sorry, Mooch. And Get out, Mooch. So uh, Dion's talking here, and he's winning over the crowd. And um, this picks up the, uh, the end of it. Trust the first thing I said to my former teammate today when I saw him walk up to the, the practice field, I didn't say, hey, man, I ain't seen you in a while. I didn't say, hey, your great beard is really, really lovely right now. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say anything. Hey, you know what I said? I said, hey, You've done a great job with your son. Patch, you've done a great job. Because all week, EJ was so professional, so important, so willing. And I know all of you, you have no idea the stories about your children, but you give yourself a round of applause for what you've done. This is going to be real awkward, but I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Word for word, everything is. Wow. Dude, that is that's perfect. He's talking about Emmett Smith. Like, I saw Emmett today, and I saw this. Like, yep, that's me. His word for word was going to be exactly what I... That's amazing. It's like when you, like when you tweet out at this... Very technical <laughs> basketball tweet. <laughs> I'll be like, ah, I was going to say the I was same say thing. The same thing, you know. It's kind of like when the, you know the joke of when someone's wearing something absurd, some absurd outfit. You go up, be like, whoa, I was going to wear that exact same thing, you know. <laughs> that is well done. You told it. That is it. well done. You know, but he, you know, he's a guy that he's got the balance of the prime with the accountability and this is the way to conduct yourself type of thing. Like he's, he's got the brand, but he's also a polished head coach who understands what accountability and excellence looks like. And he wants you to be like him talent wise, maybe, but maybe not so much with the bravado, but still be, have that swag, like that fine line. He's really become an interesting guy. And I, if you're a program like Colorado, there's a reason you offer him the job, and they have. Uh, there's a reason you do that. It's because we have to be different. We have to get recruits, and we have to make a splash. And I think he would be really good at getting the players in. Again, it's all about your staff. For sure. Um, but that would be unreal. Could you imagine no. that, no. Dion, at CU? No. It seems like an odd fit. But, I mean, I frankly was thinking, like, Auburn might try to go after him. Well, someone told me about Auburn and said, what about him? And I, my knee-jerk was, I think Dion needs to take a step before a power that. five. Like, And not like Colorado's not a power five, but no, they really but, haven't been. Yeah. You know, so my thing was either South Florida or Colorado would be a great next step for him. Right. And just to show, hey, if I can get players here. And, and without all the eyeballs. Like, the great thing about Colorado is you, you're splitting time. Auburn, it's... You better get it done. And there's so much booster interference and so many cooks in the kitchen that how does Dion run the show? Because Dion, you have to say yes to Dion and no to everybody else. You know what? You're right, though. 
I think I would have thought when Dion took the Jackson State job, I kind of thought Dion would be like, uh, it would be all flash. He would let the let the guys do whatever they want, say whatever they want, act however they want. Like you even you even like read his tweets, and then you see like some of the stuff he he has like strict dress code stuff for his players. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he has like he is big on discipline, all that stuff. So you're right, like maybe he is, but he's still freaking Deion Sanders. Like he can still. You know, have you seen some of his locker room speeches where he'll do the speech oh, yeah. and then he has a DJ in there with the with the the you know the jam box and they play a mystical song, a rap song from the 90s. And so he'll give his speech and then he'll say, play my song. And so he can do like the discipline speech, yep. but then here comes a rap song and Dion's kind of doing his dance and everything. So it's He's a unique dude, man. He's a really unique dude. That would be him at Colorado would be great for college football. It would be awesome. It would be really cool to see. And what a great experiment, too, to just say, okay, is this going to work? I don't know, but what do we have to lose? I agree. What the heck do we have to lose? Quick time out here from the Chicken Nick podcast to tell you about Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. All you got to do, just fill out an application and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA Currency, pursuant to CFL license. I have this for you. This was Trevor Maddich and uh, host College Game Day with him on the ESPN Radio on Saturday and just asked him what he thought about the Matt Rule hire. Okay. And uh, he, had a, he had a really good – he sat in a room with him and – picked his brain for hours on a tour that he used to do on an annual basis. Uh, and he stopped by and talked to Matt Rule during his time at Baylor. Here's Trevor Maddich on uh, ESPN analyst on Matt Rule. I mean, in my off-season tours, I would go by Baylor and talk to Matt Rule and talk to his staff at length about how they had success at Temple and how they would have success at Baylor. And it comes down to that. They would identify players that the big schools would bypass because they might not have the measurables or they might be a bit off the beaten path at a smaller high school or a smaller town. They would bring those guys in because they're good culture fits and they believe that they could develop those guys and then develop them is what they did. And they don't just simplify things for people. For example, Matt Rule, defensive guy, they don't simplify the defense so everybody can run fast and, and play at their best speed. No, they expect those guys to learn and apply complex principles. And that expectation turns into fulfillment, both at Temple and at Baylor. And the techniques that they teach are hardcore how to beat the guy in front of you techniques. So often now in college football, because of the yum tempo style that you have to prepare against as a defense, you end up running plays in practice super fast on both sides of the ball. And you're teaching scheme in practice. And then you teach technique and you correct technique off the film in the meeting room. 
right? Well, that's not how Rule did it at Temple and Baylor. Rule made sure that the guys were taught the techniques of football to defeat the guy in front of you and the schemes. And so that's what he will bring to Nebraska because Nebraska is very much a developmental program. The difference is at Temple in Philadelphia and at Baylor and Waco, right in the middle of Texas, he had tons of great opportunities to visit and get to know some of these recruits that got passed over by others that he could develop. Whereas in Nebraska, he's got to travel a bit to find guys that he'll be able to do that with. So it's going to be a bigger challenge from a standpoint of identifying those guys and getting them into town. So there it is. It's like, Nebraska checks all the boxes except geography. It's like that's now right. you just got to overcome that and get guys on campus or go and do the go the extra mile or hundreds of miles to find the right guy. And you would think you would think rule would open the door back into Texas recruiting a little bit, like he would be able to to, yeah. to go back into into Texas and and pluck some guys. But yeah, I mean it's college football is just changing so much where it's like Nebraska has to be a combination of nil big swings for big fish with what Trevor Maddich was talking about there with like finding diamonds in the rough or finding three stars and kind of turning them into developing them into, you know, NFL difference making type of dudes. We've gotten a lot of tweets and and I did send out the question and this uh these polls are brought to you by Aaron Schumacher for your latest real estate needs. She covers so many areas in Nebraska. Omaha, Elkhorn, Gretna, Papillion, Springfield, Louisville, Bennington Valley, Waterloo, and the Utan Peninsula. She is consistently in the top 5% of agents in the Omaha metro area and surrounding cities. Text or call Aaron Schumacher for your real estate needs. Buy or sell. 402-714-5539. 402-714-5539. Make sure that you tell her that you heard about it on the Chick and Nick Show. Uh, we did put out some uh, tweets, especially when Rule was hired. And this is just apropos of the show. Right. Because we did ask you, what are you more interested in? How Matt Rule does or the name of our Matt Rule bit? Yes. Where we slow down the voice. We had Polini Martini. We had Scotch Frost. We had Doc on the Rocks for a little bit back in the day That's with Doc right. Sadler. We didn't do Tim Miles. Probably would have been Tipsy Timmy, yeah. something like that. Yep. You know, the basketball coach is supposed to be a, a leader. And last night, I didn't feel like much of a leader. <laughs> <laughs> but it was how Matt Rule does or the name of the rule bit. 62% said they're more interested in the name of the rule bit. And there were a lot of good nominees. We mm. had... Uh, these were write-in votes. Smashed Matt, Matty Light, Ooh. Matt Mosa, Ooh. Matt Matt Drool. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Rum and Rule. This is a good one. Moscow Rule. That's tough to beat. Rule off his stool. That's pretty good, too. Matty Hour, Matt Teeny Rule. Don't like that. Matt Brule, B R E W. Um, Red Bull Rule and Vodka. I like Matt uh, Moscow Rule. I think that's pretty good. Wow, these are they are all. I think Moscow Rule is probably the best one, but there's a lot of Rule off his stool is absurd. 
we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure that out. We'll put it we'll put it on the poll and uh, have some people submit their nominees. Oh, those are good though. We did have uh, Uncle Joe Scanlon tweet in. Are you ready for Matthew Rude? Are you ready to bless the mood? Are you ready to bless the mood? Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> need some help in the offensive line, please. Need some offensive line help, please. I need some help, please. We did ask, will you eat a celebratory Fairbury hot dog after this win over Iowa? 68%. Said yes. Makes Does sense. the show need to do each episode on YouTube? Seventy nine percent said yes. Wow, it's a lot of work. That is a, lot, a lot, of lot of work. It's a lot of you know, putting on a shirt and pants that wasn't in the original agreement. Pants were not a part of this. We, you and I are completely we naked via down. Zoom right now. You are naked. I am naked, and we are talking to each other. That's it's right. locker room talk. You know, it's the nude pot. The nude pot. You look great, by the way. Thank you. You, you too. Look fantastic. <laughs> look tremendous. Let's look at the back. Tremendous. <laughs> Just look at the width. Yeah. <laughs> the massive chest and back. It's just physically, he's even more impressive than I thought he would be. That's pretty much the nude pod between you and I right now. <laughs> it's disgusting. It is. Uh, what other polls here? A couple of other polls. Uh, as we were narrowing it down, we were asking you, Fickle or Rule, you know, and Fickle got 65% of the vote, so that's not great. That's unfortunate. Uh, let's see. Climbing or Doran, 88% said Climbing. Uh, what other poll questions? Oh, Fairbury Hot Dogs, their Twitter account's been dormant since 2017, and uh, listeners alerted us to that. Wake so up, we Fairbury. said, will listeners tweeting at Fairbury Hot Dogs be enough to awaken the Twitter account that's been dormant since 2017? 70% said yes. I mean, come on, Fairbury. we got to wake this? the Twitter up. How about this? Did Chicken Nick oversell how much mustard was on that hot dog? 50% said yes. 50% really? no. Yeah. I thought it was pretty clear that that was way too much mustard. Surprising. <laughs> Very surprising. There are some great tweets when we asked about would Ronnie Green be the most polite and sophisticated trash talker in the history of sports. 96% said yes. And <laughs> we had some really good ones. Some really good ones. Ronnie after a bucket from Brian. Ronnie after a bucket. I wanted to score on you and I was successful in doing that. And they are successful in doing that. Ronnie with the ball in the final seconds. Might I hit a step back game winning three? Hits the buzzer. <laughs> then does the Jordan shoulder shrug. I don't know. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. Ronnie with the stiff arm from Sarah. Ronnie with the stiff arm at the 35 to knock the linebacker off his coverage. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's the best one. I think I don't think so is the best trash talk. That's I think great. so. Just doing something so incredibly ones. athletic and, and just ferocious and just his voice. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I uh, got this. Uh, Joe Scanlon and the Channel 4 crew, they were uh, talking about making up a new place to live. And uh, Scanlandia came up Ooh. for Joe Scanlon. Listen to this. 
the rules of this this country? Um, Do you have what's it called? Ice cream for breakfast, Scanlandia. Uh, ice cream for breakfast. Um, every day is a sports day, and um, the Chicken Nick Show is the number one podcast in, our, in this country. So in this country, in this, in this country, country, in Scanlandia. I, I would say so. Even I would even so, it's concur. It's not your that. own podcast that you do. It's no, it's somebody else. Chicken Nick Show. We all I, I know respect, Chicken Nick is better. I respect greatness. Okay, I respect greatness. Wow. He doesn't even want to do his own pod. He's just listening to ours. That's fantastic. Boy, Joe. I'm all in on that country. Sc- Scanlandia. Scanlandia does sound great. Sounds like a great place. Got this sent in from Eric. Uh, this is a uh, a commercial that's making the rounds for Dick's Sporting Goods and Charles Barkley's in it. Have you heard this? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. A baseball bat? You won't find it on that site. Go to Dick's.com. Dick's.com. Why did I not think of that? They got all the sports. And- all the sports. Uncle Joe directed it. I want to thank my Uncle Joe for teaching me all the sports. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Directed. Shout out to him. Just helping Rudy T out, directing Dick's commercials. It's just great. He's got a big life out of him. So it was something else I wanted to get. Oh, got some clips here. So it was the last game of the year for Nebraska. And they won a it's football sad. game. And it just feels so premature. They it, did win the football game. Yes, it is sad. I'm sad. It's over. They won the football game. They beat Iowa. It's great to see. Wife was going nuts. And then Cohen's just so accustomed to the season ending. So that's it, right? Like, yep, that's it. That's it for me. Mickey went out on a high note. Mickey went out on a high note. I'm going with beating Iowa. Beating Iowa's the line. That's it for me. (laughs) Do you imagine? Went out on a high note. All right, well, why don't we smooth the head down to nothing, stick a pumpkin under its arm, and change the nameplate to Ichabod Crane. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave on on the high note. Mickey, leave that on the high note. That's what he did. Certainly want to make sure you do that. So, yeah, season's over. Yeah. But Damon Benning made an impact. I got these sent to us. Our buddy Michael Severe said, when are you recording the pod? I'll get you a few clips. Oh, God. I love All Michael. right. I have not heard these. Have not heard these at all. Here we go. Sent by Michael. From the right to the left of the formation, play action. Roy in the pocket is Casey. Taking a shot deep downfield. Looking for Palmer. Makes a catch at the 40. He's going to go. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Well, I like how you say that. Touchdown, Nebraska. Did I do that right? Damon! That was great. That was Damon pulling back the curtain. I love how you say that. Then he tries to repeat it. If you'll notice, he did what Matt Davison used to do. He slapped Greg Sharp. Did you hear this? Did he slap him? I like how you do that and then slapped him. He's going to go 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. I like how you say that. <laughs> Perfect execution, Damon. Or I like how you say that. Touchdown, Nebraska. Did I do that right? <laughs> Damon's eating the line. All right. I'm there for that. I'm here for it. Uh, let's see. Get the last stop on fourth down. This was it. This was how they won the game. Let's listen. Fourth and ten. Might be the game right here at the Iowa 33-yard line. 
Padilla in the shotgun. Huskers coming after him. Back to back pedal is Padilla. He gets hit as he throws down a field. The pass is incomplete. And the Huskers will take over on downs at the Iowa 33-yard line. And this place has gone eerily silent. I love it. And this place has gone eerily silent. Jeez. Damon walks into a haunted house. And this place has gone eerily silent. Let's do it. Put all the kids to bed at night. And this place has gone eerily silent. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Damon. We wanted to get this podcast out there as quickly as possible because we know uh, Matt Rule is going to be introduced on Monday and that news conference is going to be happening. Yeah. And so just wanted to make sure that that was, uh, that was there for you. Anything else? Is that it? I think, th- I think we hit it all. I think we hit it all. All right. I think we did it. Michigan beats Ohio State. Ohio State should not be in the playoff. If USC loses, maybe they will backdoor in. I don't know how you can punish teams for making their conference championship game, but that's where we are. Yeah, I think I think Dan Wetzel put it in a column today, basically like if nobody this weekend, conference championship weekend, if nobody can play their way in, nobody should be able to play their way out. And that basically we that's should a great have point. four teams should be set right now. And here's the thing about that. For those who say, hey, playoff expansion will diminish the end of the regular season games, like these rivalry games. Well, think about what playoff expansion will do to next weekend. Right. Every conference championship game will matter because they'd all be AQs. Yep. You'd have everything on the line for both. It'd be an elimination game for one of them, likely, in a, in a playoff, perhaps, if there's a, you know, a three or four loss team in there. But win and you're in. That's right. That means something. Right now, there's only maybe two power five conference championship games that everyone's interested in uh pac 12 maybe big 12 if tcu's an elimination game and the group of five it's the american yeah and that's it yeah so think about that that's think it about that as we move forward uh tyler you think about it what do you think i'm not happy about that chicken nick yeah chicken nick yeah chicken nick show yeah here we go Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now it's about just all of us picking up and moving forward, everybody in the state of Nebraska, uh, of, of one accord. And if we do that, uh, great days will be ahead. You, you remind me of my second wife. <laughs> A Huda Media Production.